When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Don't you like these short work weeks, right? We're already here in middle of the week, Wednesday. Good afternoon, Dan Cilio, National Football Show. We are packed again. You know, I love it when people always tell me that, hey, you know what, this is like the downtime when it comes to the NFL and football conversations and what have you, but it's not. This is really when you really get a setup for what's going to happen for the upcoming NFL season. So much content. So many people are going to chime in. We have numerous people that are going to step in, talk a little bit about the college kids starting to get paid. We'll have Tim Brando at the bottom of the hour. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Washington team and also about the nil campaign program that's being implemented in college sports with Christine Brennan from USA Today. We'll talk with her also about Shikari Richardson. She'll give us her thoughts on whether or not she should have been excluded from the U.S. track and field team that are going to go over to the Olympic Games in about 15 days. I mean, we're just a couple weeks out from the Olympics. I am a gigantic Olympics honk. And we are going to talk with one of the legendary quarterbacks in NFL history, the first African-American to win a Super Bowl Most Valuable Player. He's one of my dear friends. He works in the Washington organization still. He was director of player personnel and everything that went on inside that personnel department. We'll get his thoughts on Dwayne Askins. The legendary Doug Williams will join us, and we will talk with him. That'll be in hour number two. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch that thing called The Match yesterday, and it had DeChambeau, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, Phil Mickelson. And uh, the big story, and I love, hey, and for the record, so you, you put it up against the NBA Finals, right? And Charles Barkley was broadcasting, and I was thinking to myself, so Charles Barkley's broadcasting going head-to-head with the NBA Finals between the Suns and Milwaukee Bucks in Game 1. Don't you think, you know, I was thinking, don't you think you want to promote your sport a little more? But Sir Charles was out there, and I'll tell you what, man, it's a pretty decent event. It really is, because I do dig the new Tom Brady trash-talking. Well, they started asking questions to Aaron Rodgers about him potentially not playing this coming season for the Green Bay Packers. I'll tell you what I learned from watching Aaron Rodgers. Two things. Actually, a couple things. This guy can put his ass off. He's a hell of a player. I mean, there's no question he's a better golfer than Tom Brady. I don't know if I would want that on my resume. Hey, I'm comparing myself to Tom Brady. Hey, I'm a better golfer. I bet you Brady does this. Great. Wonderful. Okay. You can have that. You're a better golfer. Fantastic. And I, I love the back and forth. But the one thing that I learned about Aaron Rodgers' situation in Green Bay, and I think the Packers knew it, Aaron Rodgers was never going to get ugly in this situation. He was never going to make it ugly the same way James Harden made it ugly in Houston. James Harden was given everything by Houston Rockets management. The, the, the plane left on James Harden time. There was uh, meeting time on James Harden time. Nothing started workouts, shoot-arounds. Nothing started until Harden showed up. Everything was on James Harden time. And they still couldn't win an NBA championship with him there, nor do I think he'll ever win one. And he had to be ugly to get himself out of Houston. What did he do? Showed up out of shape. 
went to a strip club, did all the things that made it so that the Rockets went like this. Okay, let's see what we can get. You're never going to get market value for a guy like James Harden. You're just not. And so what did they do? They sent him to his dream. They sent him to the Brooklyn Nets so that he could play there with KD and Kyrie Irving. Okay, as we now see, there's a big three that failed. Got to say for what it is, right? That big three failed. Not every one of these big three matchups where you put the super teams together succeeds. There's a great example of it right there. Remember when Pippen showed up in Houston too? And they had all those guys in Houston? That was a failure. Not all of these, well, let me go you know, play with this guy here and see if we can put it all together and you know, let's see if we can put a super team together. They don't always pan out like we saw in you know, Miami with Bosch and Wade and LeBron or up in Boston when you had Kevin Garnett up there and you had Ray Allen and them dudes. I mean, that was another big three that panned out. They ended up winning an NBA championship. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to make it ugly. He, if he really wanted out of Green Bay, he needed to be as ugly as possible. I'm not showing up. I hate everyone here. I will never play again. I'm finished. And he had to make it ugly. Rodgers never did that. And I think, I really do. I think Murphy and everybody that's in that organization, I think they realize until he makes it ugly publicly, we're not budging off of anything. We're going through the process here because he was asked numerous times last night. And he was trying to be cagey. Yeah, we'll see. Da, 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 da. We'll see. If you really hated somebody, wouldn't you just say, hey, I don't want to play her anymore. I don't really like the organization. I don't like the person. You had every opportunity to do it last night. And you could even kid it about it, but you didn't. So what I learned last night about him was that he was not going to go the extra mile to really get out of Green Bay. And many people that have come on our program like Ross Tucker, he, he said it. Do you really think there's a lot of places if you go in the NFL right now where you put Aaron Rodgers on their football team that you're automatically a contender? This is not the NBA where you can just put LeBron on a starting five and all of a sudden you're a contender. That's not what the NFL is. I mean, watch this. You send them to Denver. You really think that's a Super Bowl team? I think they're better. But there's very few teams. Now, if you send them to a place like New Orleans, and we have a conversation because New Orleans has a pretty good roster. I think they're just limited at the quarterback position, and I don't like their quarterback room right now. Jameis Winston, Mr. Crab Legs, I don't know. Okay, Tyson Hill, really? He's a blown-up version of Tebow. I don't know what Sean Payton. He'll probably win 10 ball games because he's that good a coach. But there's very few places that you could go in the NFL and put Aaron Rodgers on the field, and you're going to be in the NFC or AFC championship games. And he knew that. He's a, he's two bad plays away from being in the Super Bowl. You're going to run this thing out, man. Now, do I think that this is the last year for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? They're not going to tolerate this stuff. Remember how they went back and forth with Brett Favre, retire, not retire, and how that whole holy scene turned out to be just stupid. We're, we're constantly having, is he staying? Is he not staying? Is he staying? Is he not staying? You know, it turned out to be redundant. No one liked it. And at the end, everyone hated Favre and Green Bay. Okay, and I'm talking really management. I'm not talking the fan base. So that's how that played out. Yeah, that's what I learned about him. He didn't want to make it ugly. Because when you really hate somebody or you really want to get out of a place, what do you do? You just go like this. Hey, man, I hate it here. I just, I just absolutely can't stand it here. I hate the coach. I hate the general manager. I hate the fans. That would have been the nail in the coffin for Rodgers in Green Bay. All he had to say was this. I can't stand the fans, man. They're awful, right? He could have made it so ugly. But he didn't want to. That's why he'll, he'll be playing. He'll be there July 27th at training camp. And he'll be playing for the Green Bay Packers. So. I learned that in just a stupid thing called the match. I actually, again, I actually think it's pretty cool, actually, because I like to see these guys talking trash to one another. As you could tell, Big Sills is a big trash-talking fan. <laughs> I went to the ultimate school for that. 
uh, the University of Miami for trash talking. So, yeah, no, I dug it. All right, let's move on here. So, as I mentioned, July 27th is going to be the opening of camps or around there. And obviously, Steelers and Cowboys are going to be teeing it up a little bit earlier because they've got the Hall of Fame game that they've got to play uh, there in Canton, Ohio. So, we're talking about 10 days away from teams showing up training camp, Steelers and Cowboys, and then 27, 26, around in there, you're going to get Ricky starting to show up for training camp. So we're here. And you're starting to get some news now because guess why? Guess what happens right now? When you walk into the facility of your respected football team, you know what's being posted in the NFL locker rooms right now? Training camp depth charts. You find out right now after all the OTAs, the mandatory mini camps, all the workouts, all the conversations that you've had with your coach, you now find out where you are in the pecking order on how that organization sees you because when you show up to work out and you show up to get ready for training camp, you find out where you are when you look up at the depth chart. You got to remember something about a depth chart. A depth chart is just not to tell you who the starters are. A depth chart is telling the players where you are in the organization. Everybody pretty much knows the top 22 guys going into camp. Remember, there's 53 guys on a roster. Okay? Who are the other 31 guys? Where does the organization see you for this year and maybe the future? on whether or not you're going to be part of the organization. If you see yourself right now, let's just say this, unless you're a big-time free agent that was given money or you're a first or second or third-round draft choice and you see yourself down on the third team, that's to be expected because they want you to kind of earn it as you move your way up the depth chart. But if you're just some dude that's been on the team for three years and you've been a guy and you see yourself on the third team, chances of you making that team are slim to none. And you're going to need to have an incredible two weeks. Or how about this? The organization has already decided that they're going to move on without you, but they need you in camp so that they can feel the team. Remember something. Training camp does this. The first exhibition game, you're talking about potentially what? Starters will play about a series and a half maybe two series, then they're out. Then they start to put the second and third team guys in. Then they start to play those guys a little more. Not going to play the second team all that much. They'll wait until they get into games two and three. Three is really the telling game where you are in the organization. So the reason I say this to you, Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver that was drafted by the Patriots um, last year in the first round, his agent has contacted the Patriots and told them that his client would like to be traded. What does that tell you? Well, I've, I've, I've talked to Reggie Wayne. I've talked to Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco. I've talked to numerous players that have gone up to New England, Randy Moss. And I've talked to these guys and asked them what it's like to work inside that building as a player. And to each man, they say this, hey, it's not like any other place you've ever been. It, it's, it's different. And I go, what's so different? He goes, one day they'll ask you to do this. Next day they won't ask you to do anything. Next day you'll be practicing all day long. The day after you won't practice. You never know where you really stand when it comes to the pecking order in that organization because that's how they prepare each and every single week. It's about group settings. They start to look at the first four games of the year. And what they do is they look at personnel settings. Hey, how does this guy line up against the Jets? How do you think he's going to line up against the Buccaneers? You think he's going to be someone that we could use in this uh, group setting here? Let's practice this. So that's how they practice. And it's frustrating for a player because when you show up to the facility, you really don't know what's being asked of you as a player. See, one of the greatest things I ever heard was from a baseball friend of mine named Gary Templeton. Gary Templeton played the beginning of his career with the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Then he would go on to an all-star career with the San Diego Padres. And I asked him, I go, why are the Cardinals always so great in baseball? And he says this. Let me tell you what they do. A ball, double A, triple A, and all the way till you get up to the big team in St. Louis, they have a manual. And every single guy that's in that Cardinal organization knows what's expected of him in A ball, double A, triple A, so when he gets to the big club, it's seamless. They don't have 50 different styles of how they win ball games in their minor league system. The things they do in St. Louis are the things they do in Florida. Things they do with every single one of their minor league teams. And I asked him what the advantage was of that. And Gary Templeton told me, he's like, because you know when you show up to the ballpark, you know what's being asked to you. You didn't have to worry about, hey, do I do this? Do I do that? You knew what was expected. There's a comfort in that as a player when you show up. When you show up in New England, that comfort is not given to you. And so they always keep their players on their toes. That's why when you hear a guy like Gronkowski saying, it's really not fun to play in New England because each and every single week is a different tempo when it comes to dealing with certain groupings and personnel settings. It's different than every other place, okay? Which means this, that roster is more versatile. That's why you don't see gigantic names on those rosters when Brady was up there in New England. You're like this, Troy Brown? Chris Hogan? Who are these guys? Julian Edelman? A guy in Wes Welker who was in... San Diego with the Chargers at one time, then went to the Dolphins. That Wes Welker was a special teams guy. They find these innocuous dudes all over the league. And there was a time, and I say this to everyone, there was a time in the New England Patriots dynasty when there wasn't one first-round draft choice in the offensive attack when it came to being in the huddle. Think about that for a minute. Gronk was a two. Brady was a six. Welker and Edelman were not first-round draft choices. Hell, even Aaron Hernandez was like a fourth-round draft choice. They never had big-time guys that were drafted um, in that offensive setting. You, you were like this. There's no first-rounders in here. How incredible is that? When you look around the league and you see first-rounders littered everywhere, Rock was a two and always hurt at Arizona. So my point is, is that Nikhil Harry, and his agent didn't like the fact that they saw his name on the third team. Well, that means to me that he's not very coachable. He is a guy who doesn't want to work hard because if you're in New England, you get rewarded because of effort that you give in practice. That's a Belichick staple. That's why Brady's the way he is. Brady has been conditioned by Belichick to practice his ass off. Repetition, repetition. Why do you think you run over the same plays over and over and over and over and over and over again? Because you know why? Belichick is trying to get those plays to be just natural. And the more repetition that you get at those plays, the more it does become natural. That's why he doesn't like turnover in his offense. When you don't have turnover, it's seamless. You know what's expected of you. This kid still doesn't know what's expected of him. After two years, that's a kid thing. That's a you thing, man. Now, could he go somewhere else where it's a little bit more lax and, you know, they don't have the expectations? And there's places all over the league like that. Man, it'd be great to go to the Jets. He'd be a perfect Jet, okay? First-round draft choice, it'd be only a name alone because I never thought he was that much when he came out of Arizona State. Have you seen him try to get separation after football? He's terrible. And the Patriots have him at third team. Watch this. That's a bust. When you're a first-round draft choice going into your second year and you're on the third team, they don't think much of you, son. They don't think much of your work ethic, son. They don't think much of your ability to be able to work hard. And get this. This was all determined in shorts. Think of that for a minute. So if you're another personnel guy 
And Nikel Harry, who was a first-round pick a year ago, and his agent are now demanding to be traded. The Patriots made their decision off of a horrible rookie year, and you were running around in T-shirts and shorts and a helmet. I don't know. Do you want that on your team? Not me. I'd rather take a kid like an Edelman or an Amendola or someone like that who wants to be here, who wants to give me effort, who wants to burn the midnight oil, as they say, who wants to work with the quarterback or quarterbacks to try to get his skill set better. I mean, the reflection that he gives by saying, I want out, I don't like to, bro, that's a you thing. They gave you every opportunity. They gave you millions of dollars. You had a seat in New England. They were counting on you to be part of the new transition. Okay? Part of you in the new transition. And you know what you do? You turn around and you do this. I want out. Okay, fine. Patriots are never going to get market value, so you know what I would do? I'd keep the guy on my ball team just to piss his ass off more because you're never going to go out there. You know what you would get for Nikhil Harry right now? You'd be lucky to get a fifth-round draft choice for the guy. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think that dude was the last player taken in last year's NFL draft. Man, what a colossal bust. And what a bust as a human. See, this is one thing here, and I say human. I don't know him from a can of paint, so I'll take that back as a ball player. Okay? So, yeah, as a human, I'll take that back. But it tells me a lot about his human nature, that he doesn't want to work hard. You know, and, and showing up and doing the things, watch this, showing up and going to training camp and doing the things that's, re, you know, that's expected of you, it's not enough in that league. You got to go over and above. Greatness is not just showing up. Greatness is putting in the work. You got to grind to shine, man. You got to grind to shine. Look at Brady grinding still. 22 years in, that dude is still grinding. That's what makes him who he is. And this is what makes Nikhil Harry who he is. All right. Can't wait to talk to my friend Tim Brando from Fox Sports. Been covering college sports forever. We'll get his thoughts on whether or not he thinks Reggie Bush should get his Heisman Trophy back. We'll talk to him about this new nil law that went into effect for college sports. What will it affect more, college basketball, college football? He calls both. Um, and we'll get his spin on this because there's no question you're starting to see kids really take advantage of it now. We'll do all that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio. Catch up with Tim Brando here in a second. From Fox Sports, get his thoughts on what's going on. And by the way, I'll tell you, man, this nil law that's been instituted now by college football is really picking up a lot of steam. It is. You're seeing a lot of programs now, and I'm wondering if it's going to be more managed inside the programs and how kids are going to be able to really go out and try to make money. Because if you're a college football coach right now, say you're Nick Saban, could this be a distraction? With players now going out and trying to go into the public now to try to earn themselves some money? Or are the programs now going to lead the players to places that can help them find themselves the ability to make the money? If I were a head football coach, now listen, I want the players to make as much money as I possibly can. But at the end, though, you're you're talking about distractions. I mean, Think of this, for instance. So Alabama plays the University of Miami at the beginning of the year. Is Nick Saban's players going to be worried about doing Zoom calls or, like, say, are they going to be doing uh, appearances and they're going to be kind of distracted in a way as they get ready for the upcoming 2021 season? How are coaches going to handle this? Because this is now also a new dynamic that college football coaches, and I would think even college basketball coaches now, have to become part of the program. Hey, I think there's no coincidence that you see Coach Chesky calling it a career after this year because he sees where college sports is going. You're going to see players starting to monetize a lot of money that's going to be available to them that hasn't been available uh, in the future. By the way, now you also can do this. You can hire a representative to help you I guess, manage these accounts that you have if you're a big enough star for you to be able to get these endorsements. So what does that mean for the programs? Like you, you, you are late to a team meeting or you have another commitment. The program wants you to be committed to a particular event and you can't do that event because you've got a conflict of interest. Who's going to manage that for you? Is your business partner? Now you're going to be able to have business partners now that are going to be, I guess, involved with these coaches or the sports programs. So this is going to be interesting on how this is going to be dealt inside these big-time football programs. And I'll just use football because I think the same is going to be said about the basketball programs. Like You can even say John Calipari has a Kentucky event and all of his players are required to go there, but there's a conflict of interest because one of his players has an endorsement which say another car dealership that's in the Lexington area, and he can't show up. How does that affect the school? Is the school going to be cool with that? Because remember something now. 
these scholarships really entitled these institutions and the NCAA to pretty much use the kid's likeness and his ability and his availability at their respected discretion. How is this going to be handled? That's why I've said this the other day, and I'll say it again. The NCAA needs somewhat of a commissioner, and they need to have something that someone is truly in charge here. And I'm not saying that you can't make money here, but what I'm saying is there's got to be some leadership here to be able to guide the players. And I'm not talking about putting their thumb over the players when it comes to controlling. You see, the NCAA's number one asset that they've always had, the power of the NCAA was in the players, wasn't in the coaches, wasn't in the athletic departments. It was in the players. And with this new nil law here, it really has crippled them from having the power over the players. How is that going to affect moving forward here as we implement this program? University of Miami, I see Derek King is starting to do a lot of stuff, and I see that he just made $20,000 on an endorsement. What I love about what the kid's going to do is he's going to spread some of that money out to his teammates, which is really cool. There's a gym that's also down in South Florida that's going to give $500 scholarships to particular kids that if you endorse this particular gym that's down in South Florida, and you're starting to see more and more of this starting to pop up. And to me, again, I'm all over this. But I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how the coaches are going to be able to um, control this because I don't think they're going to be able to control it, and it could be a distraction. You know, I was talking to Michael Irvin uh, last night about this. Can you imagine what Michael Irvin and somebody like Deion Sanders and Brian Bosworth would have made back in the day with this new nil law that the players can make money off their image? Brian Bosworth may not have had to go to the NFL or get drafted in the NFL. He He would have made a, a killing. Let's go over to my friend now from Fox Sports. And I was just bringing up, and Timmy, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I was just bringing this up, Tim. Can you imagine in my day what playmaker Michael Irvin and what Deion Sanders, <laughs> primetime, and what Bosworth would have made? I mean, Tim, they may not have had to go to the pros. I mean, those <laughs> guys were they, – they the money they would have made off this new nil law – do you think this is going to be good for college sports? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've just like I've been screaming for expansion, uh, I've been screaming for the players to get a piece of the pie for quite some time. There's a, you know, part of the issue here is generational. And honestly, a lot of my generation is unable to adapt and, and get it and understand it. Um, I've got a lot of friends of mine that are, you know, just receiving their Medicaid cards and remembering oh, the way it used to be <laughs> and, and they won't let go. And they think that uh, the sky is falling and it's not. This is actually uh, great for the game. I think it will help keep a number of players in college longer, uh, many of whom need to be because they're not all going to make it, you know, as you know, Dan, to the NFL. They all think they are. And very few of them really do. Uh, and it, it, by the way, if you don't happen to make it to the NFL, but let's say the USFL does work this time, and I think it's got a chance to, you know, young men that have a chance to get the most out of their athletic prowess, whatever that prowess is, and have a chance to monetize it in any way they, they possibly can, whether it's at the NFL level or some other level, you know, we've got enough players to have a, a you know a spring league, and I think that um, I think the USFL rebirth has a real shot at working. Uh, I really do. I mean, I'm I'm old enough to remember the USFL. Some of my earliest games that I called at ESPN were USFL games, and uh, I, I think that there's a chance that it could work. But that's another story for another day. NIL is 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 going to help the women a lot. Okay, it's a great equalizer for women's athletics. Um, the loyalty of women's athletics from its fan base is pretty strong. Imagine you're 
you know, a UConn basketball player, all right, mm-hmm. or, or you're uh, in a place like Starkville, where Mississippi State has been good for some time, both for baseball, they just won a national championship, they've been great for a long time, as you know, with Ron Polk, and finally got that national title, but their women's best basketball program has also been, you know, right there, along with South Carolina's to go along with, you know, other schools and small towns dating all the way back to, you know, near me, Louisiana Tech, the Lady Texters. The, the, there, there will be some businesses uh, and, and the, the audience for women's athletics is also older. And as I said, it's very loyal. And there will be chances now for women uh, to do very, very well uh, with NIL. And, and, you know, for them, there hasn't been much available except the WNBA. There's some other leagues that have sprung up and opportunities maybe for volleyball and a few other sports, soccer, but not a lot. So this is going to help them, too. I think it's wonderful across the board. I think it's fantastic. Everyone that believes that this is going to be out of control and the wild, wild west and um, pay for play. You know, people are just they're out of their minds. They're they're they're, the media is helping uh, a lot of fans go out of their minds, too. Okay, because they're, oh, my God, something must be wrong. Okay, Um, uh, and the print media really rolls with it. And um, I I believe that there will be some adjustments, some adaptations that have to be made. Coaches are going to have to uh, yield on the on the cell phone thing a little bit with players. You know who those coaches have been. They're going to have to learn. They're going to have to adapt with it. But I think overall it's going to be very, very good. You know, Tim, I would say this, and I brought this example up, okay? So Mike Haynes play Alabama um, on Liberty Day weekend, and I was thinking to myself, okay, so you're a player on that Alabama team. And by the way, I completely agree with everything you said. I've been a proponent for this since I've been in broadcasting. Unpaying some type of stipend or players need to be compensated in some way, so I want that out there. But if you're Saban or you're Manny Diaz and you've got requirements for media requirements for your team and all of a sudden one of your players say has a car dealership and you know, there's a car dealership that supports the Alabama Crimson Tide or the Canes program. And all of a sudden you've got a business deal with someone in the community there that you can't show up. I think this is going to affect more the programs and the coaches on how they handle this because you know, it's one thing to say you can go out and make money off your, your likeness, but when it starts to become, I don't want to use the word distraction because I don't like that, but it seems that's the only one I can think of right now. When you're going through a game week, how's Nick Saban going to handle that kind of stuff there too? Is that going to be something that he and Alabama and other programs have to adjust to? Well, I think that, uh, again, we're, we're talking some real specifics and um, and hypotheticals here. Uh, the schools themselves, Dan, uh, even though the NCAA didn't do a damn thing, but kick this issue down the can yeah, right. and hope and pray that Congress would get involved like we really needed Bernie Sanders' uh, <laughs> legislation. Oh, my God. Um, no, we didn't need any of that. But the schools themselves have gone out and hired companies specifically to address NIL and to get their compliance people, okay, into the office with these uh, independent companies that have been hired out by the schools. There's like two or three of them. Uh, and and uh, it's been a learning process for everyone in compliance, uh, a lot of the athletic directors uh, as well. And uh, they're ahead of this. They're, they're, I mean, look, they're all having to adjust. Yes, there are some things that uh, would be considered new frontier, all right, but they're more on top of it than either the media or the fans that are saying the sky is falling and, you know, uh, doomsayers all across the board. They're more on top of it than you think. Uh, I would suggest to you that the majority, the great majority of what you're going to be witnessing here would be something very similar to uh, Cameo on, on uh, social media. All right which I'm on. I don't know if you're on or not, but if somebody wants me to, to send out a, uh, Oh God, I want to keep Jackson's answer in the phone for Selma. <laughs> Selma loves her Alabama Crimson. <laughs> you know, I have every right to get monetized for that. All right. And, and if they just want me to do my voice, I can do that too. But that's, it's going to be very similar. A lot of social media 
monetizing of, of, of money is going to be taking place first and foremost. Secondly, as it relates to time away, uh, I don't think this is going to change rules or regulations that the players have to adhere to with their teams at all. That's, that's always been a part of being on any team. So whatever you do with your free time, all right, that's when you can meet with, um, you know, for instance, the situation at Miami uh, with, I think it's every scholarship player, right? Yeah. 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 They, a gym down in South Florida right, now, right? the American gym down there now is giving $500 like right. deals to all the players on the right. team. And, and, and I think from uh, across the board, Dan, this is probably the real eye opener of all of them. Uh, the Brock Purdy story, which broke, I think, earlier today. Um, it's uh, it's uh, Brocktober. You know, he's had a great record in October. So uh, the, the Cyclone uh, uh, location that sells all the Iowa State Cyclone stuff, they've got they've cut a deal now with Brock, and he's got a new shirt out, and, you know, it's Brocktober. He better win some games in Brocktember. <laughs> yeah. He's got that Iowa Cyhawk game. He probably needs to win that one. <laughs> yeah, even though Matt Campbell's done a great job. Anyway, my point here to you is take care of this stuff with your free time. You still have to adhere to the rules of your head football coach and your program. Uh, I don't think that uh, coach coaches are going to have to understand that they can't ban their players from social media anymore. That's going to be off limits. You're going to have to understand that you just can't do that. But those players still have to adhere to the rules and regulations that are put forth by their head coach. So I think there is a a, a, a gray area maybe for some outside, but I don't think there's much of a gray area inside. I think the, the players themselves understand that they've got to be responsible here. Uh, most of those players that have already cut their deals, Dan, they're they're very bright. They're entrepreneurial. Uh, that's what the the millennials have really been all about. I'm I'm very impressed with this generation of what we call, I think, in the past, student athletes. I prefer calling them players. Some of them are players that are students as well, and many of them are players that are just simply looking to play, stay eligible long enough that they can market themselves and go someplace else. So. I think it's wonderful, and I think it's going to uh, take care of itself in a manner that maybe um, most right now just don't quite – they can't quite wrap their arms around it. They've got so many questions, they just don't believe. But this notion that college sports in and of itself will never be the same, what garbage, what dribble. I know it's uh, early July, and a lot of talking heads are in the silly season, but it's, 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 it's just another way – for the media that never has liked college sports to invent something new to tell you why they don't like college sports. Okay. If it's not scandal, we don't cover it. And they see potential scandal here. So they're throwing up all these, uh, these reasons why we should be scared silly about uh, name, image, and likeness. And we just shouldn't. I've, I've been ready for it. You've been ready for it. I think the, the players and certainly the institutions have been preparing for it, whether Mark Emmert knew what the hell was going on or not. Absolutely. I I love college sports more than I like the NFL. I mean, especially college football. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I just love the pageantry around it. It's my favorite sport. Do you think because you, you cover both uh, basketball and football for Fox Sports, um, which sport do you think gets affected more by the new nil law, football or basketball? Football, primarily because of the big deals that are out there, okay? Uh, a guy like Spencer Rattler, by example, you know, he can be the Johnny Football or the Tim Tebow, if you will. I, I still believe Tebow would have been the big, big winner here. You mentioned a lot oh, of yes. other names like Dion and several others. But in recent years, the marketability of Tebow was such that and – then, and then Johnny Football, obviously, who, who had to sit some because of, you know, signing autographs that otherwise would be legal – and not a problem today with NIL. Um, I think the, the big numbers will be with football, but from a basketball standpoint, uh, you've also got star power, okay? You, you know, one, two, three players that make your team. And if you're the best player at Duke, the best player at Kentucky, Carolina, whatever, uh, you're going to see some instantaneous 
uh, stories that make you kind of go, whoa. Uh, but some of what I've heard a little bit about, um, uh, oh, my God, this is another one of these, oh, my God moments. Well, you know, the offensive guards and tackles are not, you know, what are they? <laughs> and I'm like, well, they're going to learn that, you know, if you're playing in front of Tom Brady, you're protecting his butt. But guess what? He makes more than you'll ever make. So you're just going to be learning in college what you're going to learn as a pro. And that is that life is not fair. I had an agent tell me once <laughs> uh, when I was young and naive and I thought, well, gosh, I did a great job there. They told me I did. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this and he's getting that. And my agent said, he, Tim, if uh, life were fair, we'd all be CPAs. <laughs> so, hey. Yeah. So it is what it is. There, there will always be someone out there, no matter how good you are at what you do, that makes more than you at doing the same thing you do. So get ready. Yeah, get a grip. Understand that. Hey, Tim, I got to tell you this, man. Yeah, we had Vinny Testaverde and all them players. I did drive a Corvette at Miami, and I'll leave it there, all right? <laughs> <You're welcome. Hey. laughs> I had a red Corvette, and I always give Eric Dickerson hell about it. I go, you got a Trans Am? Come on, Holy man. cow. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, now you, just don't, now you just don't have to feel slimy about it. No, know? I don't at all now. I don't because, you know, hey, you know, AutoNation, you're down there, you're like, hey, how much would it cost me to get that car? He goes, you give me a dollar a month. I'm like, sold. <laughs> Tim, speaking of this, <laughs> Reggie Bush, um, are you a fan of what, you know, is and how this campaign is being rolled out here that, you know, the NCAA, I love how it's now being put in their hands oh, here. The high you know, what a bunch of cowards. I mean, what a bunch of cowards. You put a put the Heisman Trust says, well, we'll just do whatever the NCAA says. Who's listening to the NCAA now? <laughs> SEC isn't. Big 12 doesn't, Big East doesn't, uh, Big 10 doesn't. Uh, I'm pretty sure college football is doing whatever it damn well pleases without checking in on Mark Emmert. I believe they played football last year uh, when the what the football that was governed by the NCAA played in the spring. Am I, am I right when I yeah, said Yeah, absolutely. I believe one AA or FCS yep. played in the spring. They couldn't handle it. I don't think that the leaders of college football gave – uh, an ounce. I mean, like what, yeah. what NCAA thinks is like what a grain of sand in the Mojave Desert, okay, would would be. So, uh, no, I, I'm not worried about that at all. Not none whatsoever. Reggie Bush should be given his Heisman Trophy. I mean, he he should be given his Heisman Trophy. And I'm a voter. Uh, and, and in good standing. And I followed all their rules about not telling anybody who I voted for and all that. But my God, guys, wake up. The We're going to do whatever the NCAA says? Jeez. I think you, know, you lead me. I think you lead me to this point then, because let me tell you, they took my senior away year away from me. So I am, I'm jaded towards these people. I still went to the NFL. I was still the 56 player taken, Tim, in the 88 draft. So, you know, I still did my deal and it was all, but I, I, their, their nitpicking rules were always aimed at the players here. Now that they don't have the control that they needed to control college football, um, now they don't have that over the kids anymore. Right, right. But why do we need, why do we need the NCAA? What's their purpose anymore? One reason. The money from the NCAA men's basketball championship. That's it. That deal is in place until 2032, and they can hang it over everybody's heads. And, you know, given what we had with COVID and the drastic losses of revenue, I mean, everyone hemorrhaged money last year, even the big boys. Um, and as a result, that NCAA tournament money that was missing one year was brutal, and it caused some sports to be dropped in a lot of places uh, almost caused athletic programs in and of themselves to go by the boards. Some division ones went D three. I mean, Hartford made the NCAA tournament and uh, for all their, all their sweat equity, they, they, the, the, their, 
their leadership said, no, we're going D3 now. Okay, we're going to take this money and we're going to reinvest it someplace else in, the, in, in uh, our university system. And we're going to go Division Three. So uh, the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship commands, other than football, the most revenue to take care of all the non-revenue producing sports championships. I think it funds 80% of all the non-revenue producing sports championships. And it also puts a, a lot of extra cash in the coffers for operational money for athletic directors through the course of the year. Until the current contract that is in place with Turner and CBS, primarily Turner, they pay 80% of it. Until we get close to the end of that deal, I don't think it's uh, wise uh, for a breakaway uh, from the NCAA. But as we get closer, and as you know, it's 2021 now, we'll be to the end of the two, ten, uh, 2020s pretty soon. Uh, then they become even more vulnerable. Uh, and and I, I think at that point, uh, these same people that I've looked at the, the, the landscape and have said, you know what, we need to go to 12. And we're going to be getting this revenue from going to 12. I think that the, we've got a much more forward-thinking, progressive leadership front from those major conferences. And even some of those that aren't considered major, like the American with Mike Oresco, has done some great things, you know, promoting the P6. Um, these guys are on the fast track now. And uh, options for postseason tournaments and national championships without the NCAA banner necessarily could be in play once we get, you know, two to three years out from that contract renewal. Finally here, I saw you tweeted out that you enjoyed, and I think you enjoyed those kind of events like the match. Oh, Cause I, I love the trash talk and I, I just, I love that between these guys and I got a chance to see a little bit more of Aaron Rodgers and, Brady, this new dude, man, I'm really yeah. falling in love with this new yeah. dude, Brady. And, yeah. you know, the Shambo and Nicholson, not that real fraud. You know, they got kind of a frosty relationship. Do you like yeah. those events? I love them. And, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it, look, the all due respect to the Bucks and the Suns, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping Chris Paul, you know, gets his, his world championship. I, I like Chris. I covered him in college. I think it's his time. I hope he stays healthy. But we need an alternative. I mean, there is nothing on TV unless you're really watching Netflix, right? I mean, there's nothing. Right? I agree. This, this is fun. It was like a – even if you didn't like golf, the back and forth between Barkley, uh, Fitzgerald, and, and uh, all those guys was just magnificent. Um, a friend of mine was producing that, Jeff Newbarth, who's with Callaway, he once produced me digitally uh, on the U.S. Open. He did a great job. And, uh, you know, we were taken inside the ropes and uh, just as we were the last time they played. And Phil is just, I'm telling you, um, Mickelson's always been, to me, a, a great guy and good for the game. You know, with Woods now completely out of it because of uh, that unfortunate accident he had, uh, Phil's victory at the PGA and the added relevance to him and his yeah. and what he means to golf has just made this thing even more fun. You know, years ago, if you were a golf fan uh, and you wanted to watch relaxed, enjoyable golf, you would watch the big three, you know, with Arnold, Gary, yeah. Jack. And then that morphed into Shell's wonderful world of golf with Jack Whitaker, which was always fun. They get two top players, go mano a mano play, uh, you know, uh, a match that would always be fun. And this back and forth uh, alternate shot thing. And I particularly loved it when they got to the 770 yard par five and they pulled out of a hat, which club they had to play all the way through the hole. You know, one played driver, one played wedge, one played seven iron, one played four iron, but it was still alternating shot. I think that they, I think they tied with a six that each team made bogey. You know, that was awesome to watch that. Because guys like you and me, when we play in tournaments, there might be a fun hole like that where they yeah. say, you're going to have to play your eight iron all the way in. You can't even use your putter on the green. That that stuff is just fun, loads of fun. And, my God, the, the backdrop of uh, Southern Montana was just beautiful. I, I watched every bit of it. 
and uh, loved every second of it. I hope they keep doing it. And uh, right now, whatever Mickelson does, you know, I'm watching him. Now, look, I'm left-handed. Uh, I knew Phil when he was a kid. I actually was with him when Tom Lehman had a shootout uh, after the 94 U.S. Open. He had um, – actually, it was 95. Crenshaw just won the Masters. Azinger was coming back from cancer. Phil was a, a top 10 player in the world, and uh, um, and Lehman were playing, all four of them, on a 4th of July. And they, had, they wanted me to dog them. They wanted me to give them a hard time, and I did. I had a blast. And uh, walking down the fairway, Phil knew I was doing Braves games at that time. So we're walking down. Phil's like 25, okay, at the time. He says, uh, Mr. Brando, what about my pods this year? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and this is Mickelson now 51, you know, the age uh, superstar of the game. I'm a big fan of his. Whatever he does, I'll watch. And, uh, you know, I give TNT a lot of credit, too, for putting Charles on it. And uh, Brian Anderson's one of my favorite people. He's, a, you know, he's a great host for that. It was it was all good. I watched every second of it. I did too, man. I think that stuff is fantastic for television and great viewing. Tim, it's so great to catch up with you. And I, I, I thank you so much for your time, man. It's always great to catch up with you and talk some college sports and talk sports in general. Thank you, my friend. Happy to do it, Dan. Anytime. You know, next time we get together, we might actually be talking some football, baby. I can't wait, man. Very good. Canes in Alabama coming up. Thank you, Tim. All right, bud. You got it. Tim Brando. We'll take a brief time out. Christine Brennan. From USA Today, we'll talk to her about how the Washington team is being run, also the NIL program, and also Shikari Richardson being suspended and not being invited to the Olympic Games. We'll do all that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest... Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.